Hi and welcome to the Discord Survivor Podcast. I'm Ryan and I'm the host slash game runner of Discord Survivor. Join me as I talk to players from the first season, Discordia, about their time in the game. Today, I'll be talking to the first boot, Tom, and whether animals can speak multiple languages. I have with me the first person ever voted out of any Survivor game I've run. Uh, I know him by a handful of different names, but the one he chose to use uh, in Discordia was Tom Hardy. And I want to know why that is. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Uh, thanks so much, Ryan, for inviting me to do this. I really appreciate it. Uh, why I chose Tom Hardy, I didn't, uh, at the time we were picking names, I didn't want to be, I wanted to separate myself from my FML persona, where my name was Bane at that time, and, or maybe it was Banjo, I can't remember, I have too many names, so anyway, I wanted to distance myself from that, and I didn't want to use my real name because I wasn't comfortable with that yet, so I figured... I use the actor that plays Bane or Tom Hardy, and then that shortens to Tom is pretty easy to remember, and I figured that would work out pretty well. And I never found out because I never stuck around long enough, but I feel like it would have worked. Maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, you you did get voted out um, <laughs> pretty early. Yeah, but I, know, I didn't notice... However, when I was a viewer that most people, when talking about me retrospectively, they did call me Tom. So the name did kind of work out. It did stick, at least for the game itself. Yes. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. We, um, you know, you look at the boot list order uh, that I put in all the new servers, always says Tom. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to rename myself Tom in um, the Mojo Desert server, which I just joined yesterday, just to... <laughs> keep like in, enforcing that because now i feel stuck with it like that is my survivor name it's just what i now that's just my survivor name and I had to stick with it i guess um so a lot of uh i don't know how to how to how to approach it but uh when i when i came to you to ask you to play uh you originally had said uh you'd have a little bit of a scheduling issue maybe if the game went on too long for you uh but you never mentioned that you might have a scheduling issue at the start of the game uh, yeah and that's definitely my bad I that's true i've never really i don't think i've mentioned that to anyone yet but i actually i was aware at the start of the game that i was going to have to end it if i got too far so to speak i was going to need a med evac because <laughs> My life was going to get kind of busy around May 10th or so. Or so. Mm -hmm. I just figured that, you know, given that it's me and I'm not exactly the most well-liked person or anything, I didn't think I was going to get that far. So I figured that's probably not going to be a big deal. And you were like, yeah, it's fine. So I thought it'd be fine. But regarding scheduling at the very beginning of the competition – Basically, a lot of bad luck happened to me and kind of cascaded all at once because when you offered it to me, I did know that I was going to be traveling. That I knew. 
But what I thought was happening was because I went to this convention in Washington, D.C., and what I was led to understand was that I was going to be volunteering there like a couple hours a day, and then the rest of my days would be free. So I actually thought I was going to have more time, sort of like a vacation. And then I was like, okay, so I can totally do Survivor in those off times, and I'm only working up a couple hours a day. That shouldn't be a problem. And then literally like a day or two before I actually got there, the organizers called me, and I, I swear I'm not trying to flex, but uh, I do. <laughs> I mentioned this, I think, that I do poetry. So they called me, and they're like, hey, you want to do a poem for us at this convention? And I was like, oh, shoot, this is a freaking awesome opportunity. So, yeah, I took that. So then I had to spend all the time writing the poem. I had to present that, and that took a lot of work out of me. And then by working, it turns out that they wanted me to work a lot more than they said I did, even though I was only actually, like, contracted for, like, a couple hours or so. They had me working, like, half the day. So I had all that. And then to sort of uh, pile on top of this massive snowball effect thing, uh, I got, I think I caught like a bug or something on the plane on the way there. So when I got there, I was sick as a dog. I could barely, I could barely talk. I was like throwing up. I was coughing. I just felt miserable. So I'm working and I'm working on this presentation I have to do and I'm sick. And to be honest, Discord in its entirety was the last thing on my mind. So like a solid couple of days there, I just wasn't on Discord. I didn't check anything. I wasn't even on like my personal servers. And then finally, I do my presentation Saturday night and I go back on Discord and I'm like, okay, I have time now. And I look on Survivor and they're like, hey, where have you been? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. I had this thing that I forgot about and I was like, oh, what are, so what are we doing? And I was so lost. I had no idea what was going on. People were doing something called a check-in. I don't know what a check-in even is. And they're like, this word, don't do the, basically people kept yelling at me, don't do a check-in, don't do a check-in. And I was like, I'm not going to do it because I don't even know how to do it. I don't even know what it is. I can't do something if I don't know what it is. And then eventually I read back through a bunch of the chat during that night and I figured it out. And then this is probably the part that screwed me. I said, okay, I can come and help tomorrow morning if you guys would like, which is like near the end of the 24-hour check-in period. And they said, yeah, okay, if you're around, we'll see then. So I figured maybe I can make myself slightly useful. Naturally, I overslept. And when I woke up, the, the comp and when I woke up, it was like noon at least, and the competition was nearly over. So I had forgotten about it because I, I had an alarm set that was like, do Survivor, and I slept through that. So basically, I ate my breakfast, did some stuff, and then I finally went on, like, if I recall, it was like almost exactly when the challenge ended. And because of the way that timing looked where I was there, right when it was over, and apparently I said some stuff that was misconstrued as being super like judgy of everyone else because we lost. So apparently I sounded like I was like disappointed in us that I was like, come on guys, how do we lose this? And that just made me look like a jerk. And, you know, it all kind of made sense. I do understand why I was voted out. I'll probably vote myself out too, to be honest, but that's my full story. That's like the entire explanation of why things worked out the way they did. 
it was a couple of things that were my fault and then a lot of stuff that wasn't my fault but did end up happening coincidentally yeah uh, yeah uh, watching it from my bird's eye view uh, I'll pretty pretty much sums it up um, you know the challenge came down to the final check-in at noon on Easter Sunday because yeah. I was bad at scheduling things and um, I'm looking for yeah yes no the, but the first no, message about, like... you sent that mo- that day um, was right after the like everyone was checking in at noon to be the first person to check in and you said mine shows devil as the first person from the opposite tribe <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't know what was happening i was just trying to help honestly like my computer or my phone or whatever it showed devil so i said okay people seem to be confused about who went first let me put in my two cents i'm just trying to be a good samaritan so i said okay so that was the first person and they're like no, dude, why would you say that? And I was like, but that's what I see. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. No, but I do want to sidebar real quick. Going into your scheduling thing, first off, mm-hmm. Ryan, you're you're an awesome host. The work that you put into these survivors is absolutely incredible. I don't know how you do it. And the amount of effort that has been going into these seasons, even from Discordia, it's just it's astounding. So, like, hats off to you. I don't have a hat on, but if you can picture me, taking my hat off that's what i'm doing right now you know greg gatsby Leonardo dicaprio cheer style but um why one thing that i would like to note is that i have noticed that most of the contestants like their own game best so like us discordia people we think discordia was the best season and then the chatter people think chatter is the best season and i assume the mojo desert people think that was the best season but the reason that my argument for why Discordia was the best season was that you were kind of learning. I feel like you were kind of learning things while we played as well. Like while you were running that first season, you even you were like start figuring things out. You were hitting all these unexpected complications and you were discovering all these things that you can improve for later seasons, finding out, okay, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. When you work on this aspect of scheduling, we should never do DMs and actual DMs, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like, in a sense, that was the only season where you were almost like a contestant because you, just like us, you were also learning while we were learning. And in the later seasons, you just became more of this like overarching god who knows like everything <laughs> about what's happening and every little piece is under your control. You're like this magic puppet master. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like in Discord, you're more human more like a real host and now you've become this almighty being but in discordia you're more uh it's not a bad thing but that's why i think discordia was best and that's my two cents on that i appreciate uh what you said that means a lot um and you're right i think you know i was you know you see everybody kind of talks about um how immersive the experience is and you don't realize it until you're in it just how committed you get and how much time you spent dwelling on things and thinking about things and talking about things with every other person that you're with. And that was far more true for me in Discordia than it is since, you know, because everybody's DMs were outside of the server that that season, you know, everyone was sharing all these screenshots with me and their confessional channels. 
uh, everyone was having long conversations with me in their confessional channels. And I was kind of playing therapist to so many people at various points. <laughs> and by doing that, it made me that much more invested in, in every single person. You know, I would be, you know, rooting for you in your confessional and then, you know, trying to get you to make a mistake in a challenge or in tribal council. And I didn't want to have to do that because, you know, I'd connected with all these people. And even looking at your confessional channel, like, you know, you lasted, I think, what, four days in the game and you were out slash missing for a significant chunk <laughs> of that. And it's still like there's a lot of conversation there between you and me. Well, and yeah, I remember, not, you know, not necessarily about the game per se, but just conversation. And that doesn't really yeah. happen in, with anybody anymore. Oh, Plexi's all <laughs> or Ryan's all sad now. I called you by the wrong name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm still open to that kind of conversation with players if they want to have it in their confessional. But I think, um, you know, it does, at least now, there does, I, I feel there's a, it's harder to walk that line between, you know, I am answering you with non-answers uh, to any of the questions you have as, if, as, if about specific things and you know i'm supporting you which is not quite as easy to do for whatever reason yeah yeah i guess but yeah i do admit i talked a lot in my confessional channel just because i thought that was the point where <laughs> because i never watched survivor and this is another thing that everyone else in discordia seemed to have been like a huge survivor fan and i've never seen the episode of my life i didn't know who jeff Probst was i didn't realize that your name was a reference. I thought you just made up the name. And they're like, no, that's the Survivor host. I'm like, Survivor has a host? I thought they're just a bunch of people on an island. <laughs> and my my knowledge of Survivor came from this um, knockoff show on Cartoon Network called Total Drama Island, which is like this parody of Survivor. Mm -hmm. So my knowledge is coming from a parody. And in that show, there's like this run. They have confessionals in there, too. And they use the confessionals to talk about basically everything. Like they talk, they use the tribal confessional going like, oh, I want to use the bathroom today. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know what we're going to have for breakfast this morning. And I think that was the joke saying that people talk too much in their confessionals. Maybe that's what they were parodying. But I didn't know that. I thought that was just how confessionals worked. So I said, okay, I need to be talking as much as possible in my confessionals to make it like real survivor. So I just never shut up. And because of that, I remember I was actually looking at this kind of – I used to look at the confessionals when people would leave the competition. And I, if I remember correctly, my confessional channel was longer than everyone else that got out before the merge just because I just never shut up. Yeah, that's I was just talking, accurate. making like office references, the stupid gym thing, <laughs> <laughs> all of that. But I have good memories of my time there. Yeah, Discordia was a good time. Um, I want to ask you about, and, and I don't know how much you can, can recall, uh, MERS Boys. Oh, yeah. MERS Boys. That wasn't, that was our group, yes. Mm -hmm. So I guess regarding that situation, at that time, I was back from D.C., feeling better, less stressed. So I was actually a bit too little too late, but now I'm invested in the game. So now I'm thinking... Is there anything I can do to not get myself kicked off of this island? And then Wacko, Waco, Waco takes a bunch of kids 
Wow, kids. What's wrong? Kids. Waco, <laughs> Waco took a bunch of the other uh, tribes mates and he took them to like one of the locations. I can't remember where anymore. I think it was like the water or something. And then Mur. I'm sorry, I'm having all these little things in my head about pronunciation because I've never said any of these names out loud. So now I'm just thinking about how I'm supposed to say them. But yeah, so Mur took a bunch of us to the water well sort of as a retaliation that Waco took half the people. She wanted to take the other half. And so we all went to the well and we were just talking. And I don't remember if we had any real strategy for it at first, I'm pretty sure the reason it was created was just as like a fight back to Waco's thing. And no way we weren't at the well. I don't remember where we were. It had something, I know it had something to do with rice because when we were coming up with names, I came up with this, this great, this great team name. I said we should be called the fellowship of the rice because I remember it has something to do with rice and that's a dope name. And then they just totally ignored me, and they're like Murs boys. And to be honest, I think that's the moment when I realized I was definitely screwed. And, you know, sort of like super deep, like Christmas Carol kind of way, my sudden like self-realization that they're going to take this amazing name, Fellowship of the Rice, this fantastic movie pun, and completely like not even mention it, not even acknowledge it, to do this stupid Murs boys name, which is not, okay, I call it stupid, it's not that stupid, but you had Fellowship of the Rice on the table, and you went with <laughs> Merge Boys. I mean, I don't know what to say. That's like if you could have watched the 1990 Total Recall movie, and you decided not to because you wanted to watch the reboot. I mean, I don't know. And it was at that moment I'm like, okay, I'm just totally being ignored. Something I'm, I'm probably, I'm like definitely screwed. And I think that was around the point in my confessionals where I started saying, okay, I know I'm done, and you were trying to come for me, being like, no, maybe you still have a chance, maybe you can talk people out of it, maybe you can game and shit, and I'm like, don't kid me, Mr. Prop, Mr. Props, Props, whatever. <laughs> and I actually remember, I didn't realize this until later, obviously, when I was a viewer, but GD was part of Merge Boys, and GD was just to sort of um, mollify me, I guess, he convinced me to go and attack someone else. Like he was saying the merge boys chat, okay, we shouldn't go for Bane or Tom. We should go for, um, I forgot who it was. I think it was like Aaron or something. Yeah. No, we should go for him. And then apparently in all the DMs, he's like, no, 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 we're going for Tom. We're killing Tom. And that's something that just kind of bothers me. Like, I mean, I knew I was getting out. Everyone knew it. It was like the un the unspoken giant purple elephant in the room. So I mean, I get from a gamesmanship standpoint why he why that was done. Why people were leading me to believe that I had a chance. But to be honest, I already knew that I didn't have a chance. So I would have just kind of preferred it if we had just gone that out of the way, maybe before tribal council. And maybe made tribal council run faster because I think took like half an hour for no offense, but basically for no real reason. Because the entire tribal council was just people going like, oh, yeah, we need to keep, um, what were we, Jarity? Were we Jarity? Garrity? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, so everyone was like, we need to keep Garrity strong. We need to stay united. We need to make sure we're winning future challenges. And I'm like, hi, 
I see where this road is ending. I get it. I wasn't here. Can we cut this and just like fast forward? It's like, can I have like the remote that Adam Sandler has and click and just zoom to the part where I'm cut? Can we just get to there? And then you're not helping. You're asking all these questions. And then you bring up my name. Like, do you guys think that Tom wasn't here? Do you think that you should cut him? And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. It's not a very good picture for him. But he always has a chance to redeem himself in the future. No, I don't. Can we just skip all this? Like, we let, come on. I'm not. A, I am. Actually, I am literally a child. But I think I'm mature enough to take rejection. I've been rejected from things. I was ready. But, uh, you know, all ARG getting into the spirit of the game. But time back in the Merge Boys, I got kind of off topic. I, That's okay. I don't know how sick, though. I remember that there's actually, and then Waco ended up being knocked out next for creating an alliance in the first place. And after that, alliances, people stopped using that feature, basically. And I think you just wiped it out altogether. Mm-hmm. because it just painted targets on backs when you have those and everyone just started communicating via dms later on in the season and in later seasons so in general i don't think the alliance thing worked out well it just kind of sowed distrust within the tribe in a non-secret kind of way that at least in dms it was secret so i don't know how all well that worked out really i don't remember I guess someone in Merge Boys didn't end up winning the season, though. So I guess in a sense it kind of worked. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Did Did you ever end up DMing anybody? Nope. No? Not once. Not not Survivor-related. If I did, I would have um, probably... I would have told you about it, and I guess you would maybe at least told me to either screenshot it or at least summarize it. But mm-hmm. to be honest, I hadn't even thought of DMing. I mean... Again, I was kind of out of it. I vaguely knew that DMs were something that we were allowed to do, but I never actually thought of DMing anybody. And nobody actually DMed me, by the way, which kind of hurts my feelings. I I think, like, going back to the mollifying thing, I would have felt a lot more mollified or a lot more calmed if maybe someone had DMed me and told me, hey, we're not going to vote for you. Like, even if that was a lie, it would have made me feel a little bit better if like gd had dm me like hey tom just letting you know that maybe we should go for this person and i would have been like okay cool so at least it's us two against the world and then it wouldn't have been that way but i would have felt better a little bit inside i might have been fooled that way i guess but no i never dm'd anyone never had that opportunity really and in retrospect, I probably should have. In retrospect, I, because once I got to the viewers' lounge, they started telling me, telling me all these strategic things I could have done to save my life and how apparently it was actually unintelligent for them to vote me off because I was like a guaranteed bad player based on my first challenge. And or This is how I remember it anyway. I could be remembering this wrong. But essentially, they were saying something along the lines of, Survivor's about getting to the end. So what you should be doing is voting out the people in your tribe that look like they're going to be a threat later on, not voting out the bad players. And so they should have kept me 
because I'll guarantee to be screwed later on down the road, which will make it easier for someone to still survive. Versus if they had voted out like clever, that would have been like a major player knocked off right off the bat and opening the field a little bit more for everyone. Or maybe, for all I know, maybe the viewers are just telling me that to make me feel better. I don't know. But, yeah, that that logic kind of makes sense to me. And it is it's a reverse psychology kind of thing where, psych- psychologically speaking, it would work. But realistically speaking, there's always going to be someone like me or like Napalm and Chattern who they'll, they're going to be the first ones to vote it out because they're just not there. Something came up. They weren't able to really do the challenge. And that makes sense in my head. So, yeah. Yeah, I you know I remember that the same exact thing happening when when Napalm voted out was voted out, and I, I there's definitely some truth to to that side of things, um, and you know I think it's a case by case basis. You know, was your inavailability like a one time thing? Is it going to be a recurring thing? And I don't know how well any of the other people in your tribe knew that at the time, uh, but. Yeah, you Napalm's, Napalm's uh, voting out, that was actually something that I felt really bad on because, to be honest, I still, I, do re- I still do realize that, in a sense, my absence was kind of my fault. There were things I could have done to prevent that, to warn people about it earlier on. So that, I do kind of blame myself. But Napalm, he was literally working. Like, he was, like, in the thick of things. I can't, like, I'm not going to get, how can, I feel, I just felt bad that he was, you know, getting screwed over because he's literally doing his job. So that one actually felt a lot worse to me than my voting out because my voting out at least kind of made sense from a responsibility standpoint. I felt like Napalm couldn't have done anything. Like, Napalm isn't going to not do his job for a game. I mean, that doesn't make sense. And I haven't really ran to Mojo Desert, so I don't know exactly why Vic got out first yet. I haven't really started really deep delving into that server but i'm sure that there was a good reason for that as well yeah yeah it wasn't wasn't availability uh like it had been um which i guess is a good thing uh i hate to see somebody leave just because like they couldn't be around nice to have everyone able to be around yeah and that's why i'm gonna keep pushing for this um i didn't come up with this name but big hen did i I think it's called a battle back season yeah (laughs) No, we, it's not. Can we can we please have a battle back season? Like, is that what it's called? I want a season. Like, here's my logic. So let's let Dark Force happen normally. This is my pitch. You don't want to take this, but I want to make the pitch. Okay. In public, where everyone on your podcast could hear it. So we do your uh, Dark Force, which is the name of season four, super hype. And season five, we take the bottom four, like the first four cut from all four seasons. So the first four, so like ranks 13 through 16 for Discordia, 13 through 16 for Chattern, and then those the last four for Mojo Desert, last four for Dark Forest. And we use that and we make a 16-team tribe. That would be like my pitch for like a, like a redemption season where all these people, because I feel like the people who got out early, especially in the earlier games, they really didn't have a chance to, like, play the game. Like, I didn't, I don't feel like I was really, I don't really consider myself a, a contestant in my head. I didn't really play. Uh, Napalm Bear got the chance to play, you know, people like Waco, 2001, um, Steve, 
they didn't they did when you get out that early you kind of miss out on an aspect of that experience and obviously that makes sense that's how the game works that's how survival works but i think it would be awesome if some of us losers you know get another chance at that someday we get our like battle back season and assumably and then we could see what would happen like just see how that would shake out the best of the worst so to speak <laughs> so that is my pitch my battle back season and we can call it like losers island or something like that loser lane is something lane. stupid like that loser lane that that's my idea you can't you can't steal that name without crediting me first okay i but, uh, okay all right i won't <laughs> i feel like you're just not going to use it you think it's a bad name don't you i can uh, come up with good names if i, I wouldn't try. call i wouldn't call it loser lane um but, you know, I think we had a lot of difficulty uh, casting Chattern, which is why that season only has 14 people. And uh, I think a lot of the conversation at the time was, or at least for me, I don't know, uh, outside of me, but there's a there's a finite number of people that play FML that are going to play Survivor. And it really felt like when we cast all of Chattern that we were really pushing up against that number of people uh, of course we found you know another 13 or so people uh, from mojo desert that came from fml and i know there are a handful of others uh, who were unable to play in, in, in mojo desert due to timing and, and whatnot but you know that that field that group of people is going to be exhausted at some point uh, which is why mojo desert reached out to you know reddit and other places for applicants and yeah. so i knew at the time even you know while Chattern was happening, that a returnee season was 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 inevitable, um, and it's just a matter of how that's going to take shape and, and and what the quote unquote theme is going to be. Uh, and so, yeah, that so maybe my... season five. I don't know. Uh, depends the applications we get and how many people we have. Maybe it's season six. Ah. Yeah, and the reason I'm pitching the loser season is that i just feel like every show reality thing ever does a winner season like that's <laughs> something everyone does and we should pride ourselves on being different we should do something unique we what's the point in following the the lemmings or whatever the thing is and doing a winter season like everyone else does we should pride ourselves on being different we are an fml survivor god given we are unique and we should do a loser season. And I'm totally not just saying this so that I get another chance to play because I'm not selfish at all. I'm just pointing out that my idea is awesome and <laughs> should be ta totally taken into consideration. And I should totally be a part of that. And I will totally make myself available. I would not have another Discordia-related episode. But, yeah. So that that brings up a good an interesting point because um... – during the process of, of fielding a cast for Chattern, uh, you were actually an extra at one point. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if she wanted me to say that, so I wasn't going to bring it up. But uh, I did apply for Chattern. It was kind of a shot in the dark because I wanted an actual chance to play. Mm -hmm. Like, to, for real, take it seriously this time. 
And there was a point where Ryan contacted me and he said, we're having trouble filling up the cast. So can I have you as a backup in case we can't fill up in time? And I, I jumped at it and I was like, yeah. And then literally like two days before challenge started, he's like, no, 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 we have a full cast. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like almost exactly like that in my head. And I was like, oh no, that's no, but seriously, that was great. I was fine with that. I do feel like there would it would have been kind of weird to have a repeat player back to back seasons like that in retrospect. So I am cool with that. But I did appreciate that my annoyingness and my desperation to be back had me considered as an extra. And I didn't apply to Mojo Desert because I did know I knew I wasn't going to be available for that when I found out dates. But to be honest, I'll probably apply to Dark Forest again just for the sake of trying. Um, and just one thing Ryan knows about me is that I will keep bothering him and bothering him and bothering him until he lets me do things, which is why I got like four Discord of Me Award categories because I just kept annoying you. It's true. Yeah, so this is like my thing. So I'm probably just going to keep applying and maybe something will happen someday, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I do appreciate you picking me as an extra, though. I appreciate that you kind of understood my... I, I have, like, a need for another chance. I want my redemption shot someday. So You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Yeah, I, that's, I just want a chance to, like, really, like, act, like, you know, prove myself. And I really do hope that I'll get that chance someday. I do hope so. Even though, to be honest, it's a lot harder to be a viewer than to be a player. Like, huge shout-out to all the viewers of all the Survivor games. You guys are so unappreciated because people think you're doing nothing. You're doing more work than everyone except maybe Ryan himself because to read all the stuff that's going on is absolutely insane. It's like the only comparison I could think of is this episode of Honest Trailers I saw, which was like it would be like binging the entire series of Lost simultaneously. So, like, you have, like, it's like, I don't know how many seasons. There's, like, eight seasons in Lost. So, it's like you have eight different TVs, and each TV is playing a different season of Lost, and you're watching all of them at the same time and just binging the show that way. Now, that's, bas that's basically what it's like to be a viewer on Survivor because if you don't keep track of anything, you're going to get yelled at in the viewer's lounge because you missed something. Like, what do you mean? Did you not notice what Hirsch said in his confessional 37 minutes ago? No, I didn't because I was watching the immunity challenge. How are you watching the immunity challenge? Why are you not watching every single command that Snoop is hunting for in this channel? And wait, aren't, didn't Snoop and Hirsch play completely different seasons? How are you not paying attention to this? He's not even called Snoop. He's called Shawhead. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't. I'm weak. Like, I've been, I suggested this in Chatter that we just – delegate viewership role that someone is assigned to read confessionals someone is assigned to check the command spam channel someone designed to check the main camp channel and then we all just kind of get together a couple times a day and swap information i suggested that once and naturally everyone ignored me so we continued our super efficient system of having everyone read everything and yeah. it's incredibly stressful but i realized you must do it too because you can't miss anything, can you? Do you read everything? I do, yeah. Like, even the commands? Yeah. What do you do with your life? Like, 
this is what I do with my life. I came out like, (laughs) you do all this. You watch like 17 movies a day. I mean, even Bot has like slightly more of a life than you do. And I, I, it's only slightly though. Not, not like a lot, like, like a little bit, like 3% more life than you. But I do appreciate all the work you put in because my point, what I'm trying to say is that anyone who's taking the time to read the entire server, whether that be you or whether that be the viewers, whether that be the production staff, uh, that that takes a lot of effort on our part. And so I do feel like viewers should be appreciated a little bit more for the work. The work, yes, it's work. The work that they are putting into supporting the server. That's that's my like little bit on that. I do have this weird question for you, Ryan. Like, if it was possible, because you have a lot of staff members, right? You have a lot of people that help you run production on these survivor games. So have you ever considered maybe like just for one season you let them run a game and you participate as a contestant? Uh I don't know. Um I've definitely you know, I've been asked and and I know at least Penny has said, you know, you should play. I want to see so and so play, and and so and so is often me. Uh, and I, I think I'm sure the 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 actual Jeff Probst uh, has had that question a lot as well. Um, you know, you you, I think there's this idea that if you are the one running the thing, that it's it's always interesting to see that person on the other side of it. Which I'm sure it would be. I think people would really enjoy seeing me on the other side of it. I'm at this point, there's no way I could do it like as myself. <laughs> I would have to like create an alt account on Discord that the other players wouldn't know who I was. Um, oh, you could do that. You should name yourself something cool like 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 Banjo. 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 Yeah, Banjo Sudswater. Just Banjo came up with Sudswater. it off the top of my head. It'd be a great alt account name. Um, I don't, I don't know if I ever would though. I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I know from my experience in Discordia and how close I got with all the players in that season, um, I get super, super, super invested in this kind of stuff. And, uh, I don't think I'd be that great at it. I think I would be someone who would not make a move in my own best interest from a game perspective just to make a move that was in my best interest from an emotional perspective, if that makes sense. Yes, but also you are the type of person that would sit in a channel for 24 hours straight command hunting. So you would basically, you would probably have an idol for like every single tribal council (laughs) just in your back pocket. So I feel like that could get you at least to merge. I don't think you'd win, but I think you'd make jury is what I'm trying to say. I appreciate that. I I would, I would enjoy making it to a jury. I yeah, think yeah, I could like, be a good juror. If, if I bootlisted you, I would put you like <laughs> like eighth. Okay. You know, like eighth. I, I think that's that's a good placing for you. Obviously, I'm I'm second. Um, <laughs> in my hypothetical bootlist. Who's the winner? Oh, what do you like to know? Okay. <laughs> uh, depends on who's playing. I just assume that we'll play the same season together because I will make you play with me. 
I'm going to make you, and I'm going to make you my ally, even if we're on different tribes. I'm going to talk to you in code somehow in DMs, which is totally, by the way, that is totally illegal. I'm joking. If you're a future survivor player, don't do that. It's not cool. DM properly. <laughs> I don't think anyone's cheated about DMs as far as I know. If something happened in Mojo, I'm not sure. But then again, how, how do you even know? There's no way to really police that. You can't police people's DMs. Just a lot of survivor works on the honor system. Yeah. Like, you're following the rules of the game. But I feel like everyone's really good about that, about may, well, not violating the integrity of the game. Because it's your choice that you're choosing to play this game. You're choosing to enter this, um, what's the term for it, augmented reality? You're choosing to do that, so... If you're cheating on it, I mean, you're ruining it for yourself. I don't know what you would think, what you think you are accomplishing by doing that. It's true. Like, I, I, there's been no reported, you know, cheating that I've ever seen. I like to think that if it was happening, I'd be able to tell based on, like, things that were happening in the game. Like, how would Hirsch know that so and so had said something or other? Uh, unless somebody told him from outside of the game, you know, something like that. Uh, but, you know, you never really can tell at the end of the day, and you just kind of have to be watchful and hope that if, you know, somebody is DMing somebody else outside of the game, that that person would, you know, call attention to it or shoot it down one way or the other. My my little secret that I haven't told anyone before, and since now I'm on a podcast and I've been talking for a while and I feel pretty comfortable about it, is that a lot of people know this, and I know Meg knows this specifically, that during the game, during Discordio when I was a viewer, I was convinced that she was a mastermind, that she was like pulling the strings behind everyone. And I still am convinced. She She keeps lying and saying that, she really didn't know what was going on. I, I'm on to you, Meg. I know exactly the game you were playing. But basically, my logic back then was that I was like, she's got to be coercing you into telling her something. Like, <laughs> she had, she had like, the home field advantage here. She could probably, like, tie you up to a chair and put, like, bamboo shoots under your nails, like, tell me oh, what geez. the next immunity challenge is. Tell me. <laughs> Or I won't do your taxes for you or something sick like that. And so I was like, she has to know something. And then eventually it just evolved into this sort of deep-seated distrust. This, like there's something up with the way she's playing. And to this day, I'm still convinced she masterminded at least 70% of Discordia. Everyone thinks it's clever or GD. It was Meg. It was Meg, and you can't change my mind on this. Fair enough. Uh it was very interesting having my girlfriend as a player in that season. Um, were you ever doing like, or you were on your phone running a challenge and she's on the phone like across from you doing the challenge and it's just like, yeah, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> or like when she would be driving, cause we, we didn't live together at the time. Uh, but like we would be driving from her place to my place which is about a four-hour drive, and I would be answering all of her DMs on her phone for her, <laughs> like sitting in the passenger seat. Uh, and then, like, I'd have to get my phone to, like, respond to something to somebody else had said, and 
trying to keep track of everything at the same time. I've actually considered inviting some of my outside of FML friends to a future season of Survivor. Survivor, while well, my voice cracked, like there's a joke in Chattern that I was going to invite my cousin to play Mojo Desert. I didn't because I realized that I don't want my cousin ever finding out about my weird FML <laughs> hobby addiction community thing. Like this is like my thing. Like even my mom is sketched out about you guys. Like she'll watch like the Discord interviews with me and be like, what the heck do you do in your free time? And I'm like, <laughs> but I do have some friends that I do feel like will be good fits for Survivor. And when the time comes, once we start getting like dates on Dark Forest, I'm probably going to send an application to them and hopefully help you fill out a cast. So we'll see how that works out. Because I do, I am a big supporter of this game. I know I, I kind of knock on in a lot, especially during Mojo, because I wasn't in the server. So I kept wanting to run like party games or whatever in the main <laughs> FML server. The main FML server was just completely dead. Like you could hear the tumbleweeds because everyone's at Mojo. So I know I bashed Survivor a lot like in the past month, but I do want to reaffirm I am a big fan of your game and I'm not against it at all. And well, I can't confirm anything unless you want me to confirm it, but I am working on something FML Survivor related that I think everyone's going to like and that is going to be really awesome, hopefully. Yes, uh, I would just, uh, we'll keep that under wraps for the moment. I'll keep it under wraps. I'm just, I'm just you know, baiting, yeah. baiting the hook, you know, like a little excitement. You can edit this. You can edit this out, right? <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll keep it. I, I like it. It's good. Hey, Am I allowed to curse? I haven't been. I've been trying to keep it clean for the kids because I know bots gonna listen to this, and <laughs> so I'm trying to keep it PG-13. But if I'm allowed, I don't know the I mean, MPA allows me one F What? You can swear in PG-13. Uh, not really. You only get one F word. And besides, I don't want my mom to come in. I feel like my I'm like that bad luck Brian, where my mom's gonna come in <laughs> right when I'm it. yeah right when I say it. So that's I am trying to keep it clean. Also, I don't know, maybe like Penny's gonna listen to it without headphones, and then Desmond comes in, <laughs> and I I just taught this kid a swear word. I I don't want that on my conscience. Or what if I teach your cats swear words? Can your cats talk? No, they cannot. Oh, that's unfortunate. You should try teaching them sometime. My cat can speak in fluent Chinese. Oh, very talented cat. I was watching Spy Game this morning, and I had her, I had Nim on my lap, and Nim is my robotic cat. And in the beginning of Spy Game, they speak in, um, I think it is Chinese, because they're in Hong Kong. So they're speaking Chinese, and she was like, and I was like, she's talking back. And it's definitely not because I'm rubbing her head or anything. She must be talking back (laughs) of her own accord. She must understand it. But yeah, so... My point is that you should teach your cats Chinese. It's it's a great, it's a it's a great skill for life. Yeah, it would probably help them a lot. Yeah, and you know if they ever meet like a like a Chinese cat, they could be like, "How you doing?" But like in Chinese, or like in cat Chinese. You think cats have different languages just like we do? 
I like to think that there's like a cat English and a cat Spanish and a cat French or like they have all these different languages, but we don't know that because we speak our own set of different languages. Everyone assumes that all animals speak the same language to each other. They assume that all dogs speak the same language and all horses speak the same language, but I don't know what makes them think that. I mean, maybe there's some science behind it, but my logic is if humans have all these different languages, why can't these animals have all these different languages? And I know you're sitting there like, what does it ha- how does this have anything to do with Survivor? And my answer is that I'm on your podcast and you gave me a soapbox. So I'm going to talk <laughs> about my cat languages all I want because I'm never going to have the opportunity to discuss this again. Uh, I, I'll admit, like, I definitely subscribe to the idea that the same species speaks the same language um but then again you know if it's a different species of cat maybe they do have a different language i don't know no but that doesn't make sense all homo Homo sapiens have like thousands of different languages how could we be the only species that has all these different languages like are you seriously telling me you know how close chimpanzees are to us have you not watched the planet of the apes movies are you telling me that all of those guys speak the same language? Like, Well, I don't know if that's necessarily the best example. Wait, was that you? Do you just look up? <laughs> that was the blinds of the window behind me being pulled up by someone else. Hi, Meg. She waved back. She can't hear you, but oh. I think she figured out you said hi. Meg, are you actually a survivor mastermind? If you are, don't say anything. It has been confirmed. I knew it. I knew it. You see, this is this is that that's all I needed. I I just proved it. <laughs> we're we're being recorded, right? This is on the record. I have yep. proven that Meg was a survivor. Survivor. Blah. I've pl- proven. Wow. Uh, she's not letting me talk. My t- my t- my tying is getting all tongued. My I have proven that Meg is the mastermind of FML Survivor Discordia. I'm on the record. This is being recorded. I've confirmed it. Thank you, Amsterdam. Good night. <laughs> all right. Uh, seriously, if there's anything else you want to ask me, I'm I'm going to be here all day because we've been talking for wow, 52 minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't. Those were all the notes I had. Um, I don't know if there's anything else from your time as a viewer on Discordia or Chattern, uh, that that you wanted to bring up, but mm-hmm. uh. Those are all my questions. Let me think. Yeah, one thing, and maybe this is just my little thing, but I feel like I missed a massive opportunity because if I had made it a couple more rounds, because in like round three, you did a voice channel challenge, and I already know for a fact that the one thing I've suggested for the entire history of Survivor, from its original, the original conception of the idea, which I actually remember, I have screenshots of it. It was in the Village channel on the FML main server. It was during a Mafia game, and we came up with, and someone suggested the idea of FML Survivor, and you said, I'll do it. And we were like, oh, okay, cool. And you were like, okay, uh, silly Ryan off on another one of his weird escapades. And then he comes back a month later, like, I've done it. And we're like, oh, wow. <laughs> But ever since then, from, from there till now, I've had one constant burning desire in my heart 
a karaoke VC challenge. And I really do think that my singing voice would be like little tweets on the back of the wind, like like a little hummingbird singing to its crush hummingbird about how much it loves the other hummingbird. That would be my singing voice. And no one started doing VCs until about two rounds after I was gone. And I feel like if I had made it that far, maybe I would have had an opportunity to sing like Russell Crowe in Le Miserable. Le Miserables. And that would have been an incredible opportunity. So to be honest, I think that's why I want to come back someday. I, I want to sing for my fellow survivors and for my viewers. I won't sing for you right now because it is like 8.30 in the morning here and I'm not warmed up. But one day you will hear me sing. And on that day, the earth will shake and sob in tears of joy. That's about all I got. All right. I mean, I'm going to hold you to that. Yes, sir. And I'm going to hold you to battle back season because I really want it to happen. And, oh, yeah, let me just kind of give a big shout out to who's going to be your next um, podcast guest. Who It's Peter, right? He goes by Peter? Yep. On Peter. Survive. Okay, yeah. So Peter and I were once power group teammates on IOU. He's an awesome guy. He's really funny. He's, um, don't tell him I said this, but he's kind of hot. And I feel like he's going to, I think he's going to be a great guest for your podcast. He's going to be a lot funnier than I am. He's probably going to be a lot more concise and talk a lot less about animal language. And I think that he's going to be a great guest for you. And I'm really excited to hear his episode of this podcast coming up next. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, thanks for having me on, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here, Tom. It means a lot. You got to you got to be the first one. You kicked it all off. Yes, I was the trailblazer. For <laughs> once in my life, I was, in a sense, the oldest. Yeah, in a sense. Yet also the youngest. Such as. All right. I'm not the kind of person to hang up, so you're gonna have to hang up on me. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks again, and uh, one day you'll get your next chance and you'll be able to sing for everybody on Survivor. Thank you. And one day you'll understand that cats too can speak Chinese. Goodbye, Ryan. Bye, Tom. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Discord Survivor podcast. If you or someone you know would like to try playing Discord Survivor, our applications are always open. Keep your eyes peeled for upcoming announcements related to our new season, Dark Forest. And as always, have a week. a trace nothing's gone forever only out of place so long farewell oh what i'll be to say wait a minute wait a minute